0: an emphasis on the aftermath and how it impacts your life, if you appreciate diversity of topic and you want to come along for the ride, if you're looking for cutting-edge programs, information, resources, inspiring people that assist you in finding your voice, you have come to the right place. This is Donna R. Gore, a.k.a. Lady Justice, your host, with my co-host Delilah Jones, president of ImaginePublicity.com. Thank you for listening and for sharing this podcast. So good morning, everyone, and I want to say it's nice to um, revisit this uh, interview format, which we will do occasionally. Um, I, am now onto a, I am now onto a new venture where I am doing informational podcasts that are available on uh, Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Spotify, a number of different um, platforms of uh, many varieties. And now we're doing, I'm sort of in the middle of doing a, a series on disabilities. So I invite everyone to go over to the New Shattered Lives. Um, but of course, don't forget to listen to this show today and to our many, many um, shows. Uh, that we have archived for the last six and a half years, as well as those that are archived by other um, other radio hosts in the Black Talk Radio Network, of which there are a plethora, hundreds. So on a weekend like this, that's football weekend, bad weather weekend, sick weekend, whatever you want to call it, there's there's lots and lots of entertainment for you to um, take advantage of there. And um, so we do have Delilah at our Radio controls there, but she's a little bit under the weather, Um, so I'm going to be doing a majority of the chatting, but just want to say that it's a pleasure to work with you again on the radio here, I always love that, and Thank you so much for, for helping us out and, and and for planning this show even though you're not operating with your all eight
1: cylinders. <laughs> you About know? two and a half. <laughs> two <laughs> and a half will get me there, that's it. But I just want to make, make sure that your audience knows that um if they go to Apple Podcasts or Google Play, which are the you know, the two biggest podcast directories, and um search for put in the search bar Shattered Lives, your your new show will show up um to come back to this show um you need to search for inside lens network that's inside l-e-n-z network and your shows uh the shattered life shows are also in there so you can find your shows in several different places in several different formats
0: Right. And we need listens and we also need reviews, right? And yeah, that's that that's always very good. And um I'm I'm very proud of our history, um, because there's so much good information there and it's done with passion, as as is this show. So without further ado, and thank you for that info, Delilah, um, we are doing a, a show on um children's uh, authors today and I thought it would be something fun and something right and something, you know, something that's important and of value and not too many people discuss it. And I'm very fortunate to have a couple of, uh, of people, um, one that I'm not too familiar with, but we're, we're all a member of the grief diaries anthology association. So there's K- Karen Bowden um, from Arizona, and she's been an, uh, a um, you know a, an author of adult topics as well in the in the crime genre because she has has um, is also a homicide survivor, Christine Dominiak, who is with us, who is um, is a, a, an expert or uh, has much to say on um, grief and healing and the afterlife as well as. Um, you know, uh, an author on, on several books regarding uh, chil- uh, children dealing with understanding grief and death. And we're also going to talk about the wonderful book slash activity book um, from Monica Casan, founder of the Q Center for Missing Persons. And unfortunately, she she is not able to be with us today, but we want to represent her wonderful book that um, in cases, um, uh, uh, search and rescue, just being aware of uh, safety issues, particularly for the outdoors and what you should do when you become lost and what happens when, when somebody searches for you. So we have a, a plethora of, of things to discuss. So, um, ladies, thank you so much for being with me today on Shattered Life Radio. It's a pleasure to Thank you to for have having you. us. Thank you. You're you're very very welcome. So, um, and this, I I have a lot of questions in terms of um, the value of children's books and publishing. I want to talk about the backstory about how you became involved with with uh, being an author and and also the, the particular subject matter. So, I was just wondering, and any of you, you can take this if you like. Um, what kind of um, e- emotions are evoked when what what emotions are you targeting when you sit out to do, um, you know, a children's book, um, you know, f- for reading? It, are you looking for a sense of solving a problem or healing something or a sense of calming down at the end of the day or more of an
2: educational or teaching tool? What what, what would you say? Okay, so this is Christine Duminia. Okay. And um, my two books for children, Grammy Visits from Heaven and Grandpa Visits from Heaven, are really uh, a compilation of events that happen to children. Uh, children often get afterlife visits, uh, especially the younger that they are. And sometimes, when they are young, they cannot distinguish a spirit from a real relative that they knew before the relative died. So I know it's very difficult for parents to explain what death is to a child and where where that loved one goes. So what I try to emphasize or, or illustrate in my books, um, a relationship with the grandparent, the grandparent dies, and you actually see through the illustrations the spirit being taken to heaven by angels and there are a few pictures of what heaven looks like and um, there's animals in heaven and loved ones in heaven and there's God in heaven and um, and the, the child is really distraught because they miss that grandparent desperately and they pray to God to ask if they could see them again or play with them again and God is very touched by that. And he sends the grandparent back for a day to play with the child and and only the child can see that grandparent the adult cannot see their parent, for instance, cannot see the grandparent because they don't have that special gift that God gives the children so it, in a sense, what the pictures and the story um show a child gives the child some something to visualize when someone says, "Oh." Such and such died and they went to heaven. Well, what does that mean to a child? Right. it's a very for...
0: abstract concept, right? And children, young children, are very concrete. And yes. it's not for many years later that they develop abstract thinking, correct?
2: That's right. And, and thus, the pictures. The pictures help with that. And I use uh, in the, the pictures of heaven from what people tell us that they have seen heaven to look like when they've had a near-death experience so I, i put a lot of that together to um so a child can really can be concrete for them what heaven looks like and um and then also the fact that god does hear your prayer and the the grandparent is comes back and says i'm with you always even though i have to go back to heaven now and i'll be at every special occasion so the the child understands that there's a relationship throughout their lives with that loved one even though they can't always see them. And oh, that's so it's a very an uplifting important book. It's just not the grandparent died and, you know well, And they're up there in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> right? And they're and they're and they're different, and they're away from you. And so it shows that they hear you and that God hears your prayers. And so it's a very uplifting book because um, it's true. It's true. Mm -hmm. Um, Our loved ones are with us, and children often see them. So it's also a way to educate parents that children have this gift to see and hear spirits. And these books were, were, even though they're um, fictional, I have a nonfiction book called Heaven Talks to Children, and there's 104 stories of children seeing and hearing from departed loved ones and how often this happens and Sometimes the um, child, it might have been a great 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 grandparent, and the child never knew them, but they point them out in a in a photograph that this is um, Grandpa Tommy who visits me, and mm-hmm. um, so there's validations that way, and so uh, and sometimes children are have this gift the rest of their lives, and they they just just doesn't stop at a certain age. So it's a guidebook for for parents how to protect their child if they have a gift, how to nurture it, and um, and to feel okay with it and to do it in a safe way. So out of those stories, really came the next step: uh, Grandpa visits from heaven and Grandma visits, or Grammy mm-hmm. visits from heaven.
0: Wow. Well, that 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 sounds very very interesting, and I think it it fills a. A very, uh, shall we say, emotional gap or you know, information gap that children really need. Karen, um, what you know, when when you wrote your book um, regarding the experience with your, with your grandsons, what kind of emotions were you looking to evoke from from your book?
3: Well, I I started out because I needed a transition into uh, doing some kind of balance in my life. I think all of us that deal with any kind of unsolved murder or murders um, that um, we, we need to find some kind of balance in our life. You know, it can't be all of one or all of the other. So after writing two true crime books and being involved in several um, of the grief diaries, um, you know, I really felt that I needed something lighthearted and taking my grandsons. um, I've been around with, you know, them since they were very little and I know their personalities. And so I incorporated their personalities in the book, um, plus their mom and their dad um, in the book also. Um, So the book was um, for them especially. Um, There's all through the book, there's little things that actually belong to them that the artist Valerie Main, which is amazing, um, the colors, um, she drew every picture um, and then did everything in watercolors. So each picture is done individually and then copied into the book. But um, so she incorporated um, one of their blankets that they had, and it looks just like it. I gave her pictures of it. Um, um, the little. The yeah, the little monkey that um, the youngest has, um, his name is Kiki, um, has been attached to him since he was very little. And so she incorporated Kiki, you know, throughout the book. So There's a very kinds personal of little,
0: experience for
3: them. Yes, yes, all kinds of little things in there that, that the reader might not know about, but especially for them, they know. So the book draws on three brothers. Um, you know, and they're different personalities, and, you know, they find a treasure a treasure chest in their backyard, um, but they need a key. So to be able to open it, they feel that maybe the key is in their house, and they search their house. And so it incorporates also, um, you know, they need to work as a team and come up with solutions. And then also there's a, a little elderly lady next door that sometimes watches them play but they've never talked to her. So they think she's creepy, but she's not <laughs> creepy. She's actually concerned for them because sometimes uh-huh. they climb a tree and she's worried they'll fall. And, and so, so they, um, you know, look at her in a certain way as kind of a creepy old lady, um, but she's not. And so towards, you know, as the story develops, um, they realize why she watches them because she's concerned for them because she had a young daughter once that something had happened to her and so she has, you know, a feeling of protectiveness for them and they don't right. realize that. And so, so they learn they how realize...
0: to how to navigate other you know other kinds of relationships if they don't yeah how to respond to uh, you know elderly yeah, and people. Yeah, that would have
3: you know don't judge a book by its cover. Um, right. because she may look creepy to you, but she's not. And so when they realize her story, um, you know, she comes over and shares the story with the parents. And then the dad sits down um, in their bedroom with them one night and tells them about Mrs. Brown's story and why, mm-hmm. you know, she's concerned for them. And so it's it's the parents being, being involved in sharing a story with them and teaching them lessons, um, yeah. you know, even even working hard, you know, the dad works hard in an insurance business. And, you know, and so he's, you know, they want to know can we get insurance to protect whatever's in the box, Um, you know, once we find the key, you know, all all these little Mm -hmm. things come in. And once they find out about, yes, once they find out about Mrs. Brown's story, they want to do good deeds for her.
0: So they bring cookies.
3: And they huh. want to rake her lawn. And when they go over, she is she is actually um, what they need to find the key because she is the one that buried the box when her little girl was small and had forgotten about it. And so she's the one that has the key, and they don't know that. And they end oh, up getting mm-hmm. the key from her. And being able to open the box because of her, and so it's the whole relationship of, you know, them looking at her a certain way, but then when she gets, they get to know her, they realize how lovely,
2: lovely
0: and sweet she is.
2: Wow. And, it sounds um, like
0: the story yeah. comes full circle. Then you know.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's yeah. the yeah. fact sweet that story. you use a treasure because kids gravitate to that type of thing, treasure. Mm. So everything else can be the ripple effect of trying to find the treasure. I mm-hmm. think that really would spark their yeah. interest in your book. There used yeah. to be
0: a lot of scavenger hunts, you know, in my day, you know, yes. long before social media, there was scavenger hunts and go, go out and play in the yard and all. I mean, besides sports, you know, those kind of mystery yeah. things. Yeah, so and kids always that's really fantasize
2: cool. about finding
0: treasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. And, I and to, be able to, to even,
3: <laughs> be able to even get the box out of the ground, they have to work as a team.
1: You know, because Uh
3: it's buried there and it's very hard to get out of the ground. And so, you know, each of them are trying to come up with a solution to be able. And, of course, they have a dog um, that's a miniature schnauzer that is called Murphy, which they actually do have a dog (laughs) called Murphy. And so, you know, the dog is incorporated, too, um, in, in the story. But, you know, it's all about it's, you know, for me writing about true crime and especially the second book that I wrote took six years of my life of right. interviewing and writing and, um, you know, over 50 interviews and um, writing. And then um, the research I had to do was just tremendous. You know, at the end of that book, I just was like, you know, I need something very lighthearted yeah, and something so it very can. fun. Right. Mm, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I laugh. You know, I would write the story and I would laugh out loud because I could <laughs> see them saying all these things, and mm-hmm. it just—it was so funny. Um, and it just—it was such a joy. It's a lot of work. I mean, I think children's people might say, "Well, you know, writing a an adult book is very difficult, but writing a children's book is not easy either." And you know, year. you have to sort of become
2: them, don't you think, Karen? Yeah, become that yes. child. You have you to just the book? Like, live the story. You know, yes, you have yes. to be mm-hmm. in
3: the story and live it. And and then Valerie Maine, who did all the beautiful illustrations, I mean, she, it took her over a year to do, mm. and she would read the chapter, and then we'd talk about it, and then she would actually, you know, we would say, well, you know, I'm thinking of this, and, and she just was so accommodating on, okay, I'm thinking of this, and... You know, kind of rainstorm.
0: I mean, yeah. Yeah. What, and at what first would be she best. had, made, she had made Mrs.
3: Brown. Um, She's it's a beautiful illustration, but the first one she did look scary. I mean, scary to <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> and I told her, I said, I think we need to lighten her up a little because she. <laughs> a little horrifying. <laughs> and so, you know, she worked on that to you know, make her a little softer, you know, and stuff. So um, yeah. it's one of my favorite illustrations is Mrs. Brown. She's just beautiful. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, that's I, the, the importance of the illustrations. I mean, you know, as, as a writer, we can we can write a, a wonderful story that conveys all kinds of important concepts and, and everything, but if the illustrations aren't are good, the, the story doesn't right. come alive, right?
2: Mm-hmm, definitely. the story I mean, come alive, sure. Yes, yeah.
0: it, yes it is. Right, it is so important. And so I wanted to ask, um, is is it a lot, is writing in in the industry, and, and I don't know, Delilah, if you're up to answering, you can too, because you're in this world somewhat. Um, is it a lost art in terms of... Um, Writing children's book today because everything is is so much geared toward social media and the electronic world. Um, is it a lost art, or is is it a growing industry? But maybe not everybody knows about it. What's how do how should we? I'm not
1: sure how to think about it no i don't I like, don't see it that way i've I've seen a lot of different children's books come out recently that and and over the years, I think what I've seen is that writers are addressing a lot of the social issues. And bringing it down to a child's level, and and there's Mm -hmm. lessons there, life lessons that, you know, life lessons that are different than what we had to learn because the issues were different. So I I see a lot of that, and I think that's very, very helpful and very important.
2: Yes. And And I I actually, is your book, Karen, is your book in, um, like, Kindle form, electronic form, or just... Uh, paperback
3: yes um no it's in it's in kindle form and actually just to mention um i am going with a new publisher in the second edition right now um to because my goal was to try to get the price lower for more people to you know be so that it could be distributed to more people and Mm. i'm working with uh linda fell who is you know the leader in the Grief Diaries and um, Allie Blue Media um, to redo the book, um, and she has graciously been working with me um, to to redo this book. So um, my the original publisher was Zulon Publishing, and um, I just felt that the the price of the book was just too high, uh, so and that, that was huh? a disappointment. But I mean, you know, when you get into a lot of color. And illustrations like that, it, it does change the format of the book. But, uh, you know, I do believe that children, my grandsons still read. They they don't read anything that's like Kindle or anything like that. When they get a book, it is in print. Um, and I still see them reading all kinds of books that are in print. And their mom has saved all of their books when since they were little so that they can have them for when they have children. You know, because some of these items Mm -hmm. are collectibles, you know, as far as the the illustrations are beautiful, the hard cover Mm -hmm. and she has safely put them away to keep them for for their grandchildren and I I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What was their
0: initial reaction when they realized that you you know that they were the subject of your book Karen?
3: They actually, so every chapter I wrote and after it was edited, I would send them the chapter and the oldest would stand in front of the two youngest and read it to them. And they, then they would say to me, they would keep sending me text messages and saying, is the next chapter done?
2: <laughs> Nina
3: went, cause they call me Nina and they're, they're, they're like, Nina, when is the next chapter going to be done? And so for them, it was, you know, I, I wanted them to be involved in it somewhat. And then at the end, um, they were so happy that they liked Mrs. Brown. (laughs) you know they were just good you know they were like oh we're so happy that ended that she was a nice lady and Mm -hmm. you know and stuff and i've had other young children that have read it and had said the same thing they were wondering what was going to happen with mrs brown and they were so glad at the end that the boys actually really loved her Mm -hmm. you know and and wanted to do things for her so um you know
2: it's I, it sounds just, like it could be made into a really nice movie.
0: Yeah, it, I
3: think so. <laughs> but, I think
2: it would well, be very cute. Is there going cute. to be a sequel, yeah.
0: Karen, a sequel to that? Or, or are you just saying an updated second edition with uh, at Allied Publishing?
3: Well, I'm doing the second edition, and um, and we'll see how that goes. And then yep. um, I did – the reason why I, I had it, the Kirby Boys Adventure – Searching for the Lost Key is the name of the book. Um, mm-hmm. And so I did it that way so that if I did want to do a sequel, it could be the Kirby's Boys adventure and a different type of adventure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some and I already have had things in my head that I really would like to do. Um, I haven't gone there yet because of um, some of the, you know, my life with the speaking engagements and stuff like that. Because, as you know, it just it takes a lot of time to actually do that. Um,
0: And you know, there the the
3: woman Valerie Main that did all the um, illustrations. um, She is the my grandchildren's dad's aunt, so she actually Uh knows the family and working with her understanding the family, um, that was pretty amazing, too. So she's actually a relative of the grandchildren
0: and their dad. That's, that's, that's very special. That's good that you have that family connection. So, Christine, what, what ages do you think um, uh, with children's books, do, do children's books create the greatest impact? I don't know if you want to talk about your experiences with the children's reactions to your books that you've done.
2: You know, it, it's funny, um, It's even though my books are meant for children, I've had a number of adults say how much they enjoy the book. They enjoy them. Also. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, there's 32 pages each, so, you know, it's not very long, but it gives you the essence of... That connection that we still have with our loved ones in heaven, and they're still a part of our lives. And adults need to be reminded of that as well as teaching children that fact, mm. because sometimes adults really suffer because they think that, um, you know, oh, I wish like my mom had seen this, uh, I wish they'd seen my baby being born, and all different important events. And they, What I try to get through in my books is that they come to everything that's special. They're really like angels on our shoulder. And my very first book is called After Death Communications, God's Gift of Love, which is 130 true stories of people um, getting signs and contacts from their loved ones. And uh, there's a chapter on healing from grief and why do bad things happen to good people? And survivor's guilt. Mm. And um, and but the what comes through over and over again is that our loved ones are still a huge part of our lives, and they try and show us this by the signs that they give us. And so, children just um, when they see a spirit to them, it's just a matter of fact that's 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 the way it is. And they, what I love about children is that they they have unfiltered um expressions of what they're seeing and so if a child is telling you that their um nana visits them teaches them how to tie their shoelaces uh things like that if you're not a believer in the afterlife or that we live on if a child is telling you things that there's you can't really explain it even helps skeptical adults believe that we live on and that our loved ones are still with us, and they're still a part of our it's lives. It's an
0: educational tool for the for the parents as well, or whoever whoever is reading that.
2: Exactly, um, like if adult has an experience, they can be uh, accused of um, hallucinating it because they're suffering from grief. Mm. But if a child says it, and it, and you can validate that they uh, what they're telling you to be true, then it's unquestionably a, a truism. That you can um, absorb into your own heart And know that this is for real So it's good for parents and children For adults and children also okay. and so, Do you uh,
3: think that they come um, You know, in uh, older children That they might come
2: in dreams? Oh, definitely uh, A vivid dream visit is a, a very common way That our loved ones visit us mm. Whether adult or children And even pets uh, will come and visit us in our dreams too if not other ways they'll come and let mm-hmm. us know if they're still they still love us and and it's it's always a blessing from God that these things happen so I mean I yeah
3: I I know when um my sister died um I was just barely 15 and she was 13 but one of the I had one dream of her and it was so vivid I actually woke up and was looking out my window because she was there, and mm-hmm. I couldn't. It was so hard to tell. Uh, you know, I was like, "Is she is she there?" Or you know, yeah, I just was really? yeah. looking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 And and she was. It was like she was in, in at peace and calm, and wanted me to know
2: that she was okay. Exactly. You know? Exactly, Karen. Did and did that help you?
3: Um, it did because um, her. You know, her murder was horrific. And Mm -hmm. so for me to, and then I never dreamt about her again, not ever, until Mm -hmm. about 2015 when I was working on the second book, A Child is Missing, Searching for Justice. And I was interviewing all these people and everything. She came to me in a dream again. And this dream was, it was amazing and so vivid. But it was it was beautiful. It was. I never asked her what happened to her. I never asked who did it. I, it wasn't like that. And it was like I would speak to her, and um, I wouldn't actually voice more. You know, use my voice, but I would think something, and she knew what I was thinking, and she mm-hmm. would respond to me in the same way. Um, and she wow. wouldn't come to me until I told her. She was up on a hill, and she was standing there, and she was just beautiful, mm. and I, and she wouldn't come to me until I asked her to come to me, oh. and so I waved for her to come to me, and then she came, and then she just sat, we sat on this log together and, and had this conversation without words, and then I knew it was time for her to go, and I hugged her and told her how much I loved her. And then, um, you know, she was gone and I woke up and I was just like, I was startled because I would always think that I would have just nightmares and horrific dreams, which mm-hmm. wouldn't be about her, but me being always chased or, you know, just terrible oh. dreams. And mm-hmm. this was just such a beautiful dream and for to have the second dream of her so far away because... She, that was in 1971 that she was murdered. And then the second dream I ever had of her was like in 2015.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, maybe wow. your subconscious it was, just was just saying you needed you needed that at that point in time, Karen, right? Yeah, I just, I think,
3: you know, because I kept praying, you know, am I on the right track? I wanted to do justice to the book. I didn't want to do hearsay. You know, I wanted to make sure that it was facts that I actually could collect. And, you know, so I would constantly pray, am I in the right direction? And, you know, lead me in a different path if it's not the right direction and stuff. And through all of that, that's when that, and the, the weirdest thing before that dream, her favorite flower was a daisy. And before that dream, um, a daisy appeared um, at the apartment I was living in right in front of my fence. And there were no <laughs> daisies,
0: not a daisy around anywhere,
3: nowhere. <laughs> oh. And the daisy, I went up to it, and I was just like, that's so bizarre. And so I went up that's to a it, sign. and it actually was one daisy that had a stem off it. So it was one stem with two daisies. Oh, wow. And, really? I, and Yeah, it was just amazing. And so I still have that daisy because I knew they would mow it. And I mm-hmm. I took that daisy and pressed it, and Aww. it just was a. And then later I had the dream, and I just felt like she was telling me I was in the I was in on the right path, and that okay. she was, and especially that even though I was investigating all of these terrible things, that she was at peace.
2: Right, right. That must exactly. have
0: been so comforting, you know, to, to have that at that time and the date being, being that
2: sign and whatnot. You, you know, it just
0: kinda of yeah. takes your breath away when you hear these I, things. I, and I right love
2: there. that I love what happened to you because when I give my workshops I I know there's so many people who relive over and over again the last horrible moments. And Mm -hmm. they, instead of seeing where their loved one is now, and they're sort of locked in a time zone of pain that their loved one Mm -hmm. is no longer in. And and I, I often ask them if they'll just bring a picture of that person and write them a letter and a picture like with them smiling because the more you learn about what heaven is like for them, the more you can be so happy for them because they're no longer locked in that time of pain. They are mm. like unconditionally loved. They're young again. They can fly by their thoughts and they want us to rejoice in that and not be, not be suffering, not to suffer yeah. because that's they're that's why no I longer think your suffering. books
3: are so interesting, you know, and, and important your books are because it makes us look um, at it a different way. You know, um, yeah. of
0: course, and it, right. it's something you can't, you know, you have to bring down to the the concrete level, even though it's abstract and you're doing it in all of these mm-hmm. different ways by telling the story and the, the good illustrations and whatnot. So, you know, both of your, you know, both of you have very important things to say. So maybe this would be a, a good um opportunity I just want to take a couple of minutes to acknowledge the the good work of of Monica Quezon, um in her book safe and found and and also the um, talking about an illustrator um, it um, Anita Sullivan whose brother Michael Austin Davis um, is is also a, a member of, of of the Q Center for Missing Persons and the Q family, and and um, her she was she was the sister of Michael, and she's the one that did some wonderful illustrations for Monica's book. And I had written a blog, and I'm going to refer to that so that we, you know. And I believe this started out as a as a special project, and unfortunately, me I am not sure. Delilah, do you know? how how this project evolved because i i don't know that anyone ever told me
1: i i wasn't in the loop on that either donna i i don't know how yes. it evolved it just kind of was presented to us at um at a conference one year
0: right well, we'll have to find that out in a couple of months when we go to the, when we go to the conference uh, this next March. But in any case, I um, wanted to let you know that um, this, this book was conceptualized by Monica Kaysan. It's an educational illustrative activity book, and it um, not only identifies those who search and who do um, search and rescue, but it also teaches children about trust Um, It's an easy book uh, to read and featuring word games, a a, a quiz to test the children's knowledge of the topics in discussion. It's 23 pages. It's, It's a treasure that has the potential to engage children from kindergarten through fifth grade and beyond in a variety of ways. Which, if it accomplishes this, the reading, active listening, coloring, doing word games, and stimulating discussion. Um, The content is presented in terms familiar to children. Discussing getting lost, the feelings surrounding surrounding that, the sights and sounds that a child may hear in the process of of um, of rescue, and safe and found explains. Um, search and rescue equipment, the vehicles used, search animals, and advice about getting lost in a crowd or, or maybe, you know, in the woods or in your backyard. But most importantly, there are comforting reassurances for children on every page up to the point where they actually are re- reunited with, with their parents if, um, if someone does, does get lost. There's a wow. section sounds in, like a wonderful called, book. Yes, it is, and we want to make sure that all of yours are available. We'll, we'll say at the end of the podcast in about 20 minutes just to give you a time check. So in Monica's book, there's a section called uh, Tips on Trust that helps children define what, uh, what a true stranger is and the circumstances of trust and using judgment and responsibility about you know, interacting or not with strangers, because that's a very difficult thing in, in in this day and age, particularly in 2019. And sometimes, as an adult, I'm not sure, are you?
2: Exactly. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And then there's a final section in Safe and Found that contains information about packing blue, which is um, the, the magic colors uh, for searchers, as well as. Um, safe berries and plants that are e- edible. So they, I guess they also research, you know, when you're out in the woods, oh, that looks so pretty, I'm going to eat that. So there's information about that. Um, the language is conversational and familiar for y- young audiences. Like I said, skillfully written by Anita Sullivan, whose brother Michael Austin Davis Um, has been missing for several years. Illustrations Mm. are crisp, clear, animated, and truly assist the story of Search and Rescue Come Alive thanks to artistry of, oh, illustrator John Santillo. So, excuse me, I misspoke. John Santillo is the illustrator, but the actual... Story was written in concert with Monica by Anita Sullivan, I believe, um, and the beauty of this, and I think all of your books, Karen and and Christine, um, has the flexibility to be presented in so many so many different venues, in schools, and churches, and civics groups, and boys and girls clubs, family gatherings. Um, in, it serves an introduction to the Q Center for missing persons, and um, like I was saying, I think this would be per- your your book, Karen, or or, or your book, Christine, would be perfect for kindergarten uh, kindergarten circles. I wonder what they're like after you know fifty five. I haven't been in a kindergarten circle in about mm-hmm. fifty five years, <laughs> but I, I wonder, I wonder what they do in kindergarten circles these days. I mean, I'm sure they they do the same concepts that. Colors and numbers and all, but you need like Delilah said, life lessons and you know who 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 would ever think that we would have to worry about stranger danger and you know um, gender identities and all these other things that we didn't have to think about way back when. You know, it's just a mm-hmm. different world out there. So please, it's available through ordering through the Q Center. Um, uh, uh, for missing persons at um, ncmissingpersons.org uh, through Monica Keson, and I believe um, she can perhaps shift them to you with significant advance notice because it does it does take a while to to get this done. Um, is there anything else that maybe I should mention, Delilah, about this?
1: I think you covered it very very well Donna and you know I think the importance of it is that kids are being educated this may or may not happen to you but if it does and like you you described they need to know st- First of all, someone will come looking for you. I think mm-hmm. a child would take some sort of comfort in knowing that someone mm-hmm. will come looking for me. But in the meantime, while they're looking for me, what should I be doing? And a lot of that is explained in the book. Um, and a lot of times, too, when children go missing and we have to use special equipment or, you know, we have horses running on, or ATVs and, and it's kind of scary. They're scared anyway. Um Sure. But they need to know that that these are the types of things that that you may encounter. Um, so again, it hopefully will will ease the burden of their nerves a little bit until until they are found.
0: Yeah, definitely. So um, this this. Act, and it, and it's so nice that it's not just presented in a narrative format. There's there's uh, word games and puzzles and coloring and you know. So it's it's an activity book. It's interactive and like here in the value of yours is that your your grandsons could identify their possessions in there. And and Christine, your your books. Um, You know, when children say they, you know, they saw this figure and how do they figure that out? So, you know, I I think it's all valuable. And um, so there is definitely that place. Um, But, you know, so I think, and I'm going to ask Monica when I have a chance. So there there was this need, and they saw the opportunity, and they came together to to fill to that. And we want to get the word out there. Not only is it good for the organization, but it's good for all children to know. And and that's why it's so important to share this podcast, everyone, um, so that people will know. But So now I'm going to circle back a little bit more in our last remaining 15 minutes or so and talk a little bit more. Um, Christine, I saw on your... Credentials with regard to you being a certified grief recovery specialist and being a member of the National Alliance for Grieving Children. Can you talk about what that organization is about, what, what its purpose is, and, and, and what your role has been?
2: Well, I'm a member, but they really try and help children who are grieving, and they have. Camps and they have podcasts and educational programs, and so um, so there's a lot to learn if you want to work with children. It's it's a great organization, and um, but I'm also branching out into working with veterans and Gold Star families because um, I found that you know if you're Gold Star families, you lost a, a person who. You know love a member of your family to war. Um, theres there's so much comfort in getting an afterlife sign from them. It just mm-hmm. helps with the grief process. And then there's many veterans who are suffering from survivor's guilt. and um so I, I liked working with that, so they understand that there is a purpose that they were spared, that God had a a plan for them, and mm-hmm. not spend the rest of your life feeling guilty. But to find what your purpose is, what your mission is, why mm. why God had a plan for you and to find that and to make something of your life instead of feeling guilty and and not not being the best you can be. There was a reason why you were spared. Yeah. And also, mm. to, I also like to talk about what heaven is like. So many people say, oh, gee, you know, Jim get, didn't get to do this and he didn't get to do that. Um, but that's because people are unaware of how wonderful heaven is. And people who are in heaven <laughs> have it so much better than we do. <laughs> they're the lucky ones. And so and so it's not that they're missing out on anything. We're just missing them. But they're not missing out on everything, anything at all because they have what we have on earth but so much more. And they're never in pain. And uh, they're always loved. And they well oh, that's
0: that's very comforting, you know, and, and I I truly believe that as well and you know, although I wanna live a long life and accomplish as much as I can and help as many people, you know, it will be nice to be there and, and just have a wonderful life sometime. I know. <laughs> You know, <laughs> another wonderful life <laughs> yes, without right. all the hardships. You know what I mean. So right. yeah, I I agree But It's something it's something to look forward to for those people we know who have passed and 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 who we have loved so dearly and we miss so dearly. You know who comes to mind. You know Susan Murphy Milano, for example, our our dear friend. Um, and I, I just think about her a lot and hope that. You know, she has a pain-free and a wonderful life. We will find out one of these days and be reunited with those people that we love. And so that's just you know a wonderful thing to look forward to when the time comes. But in the meantime, we have to still continue and make our good contributions here and try to be as positive as we can and make our contributions. Exactly, and
2: because important- when we go back, we want to be like, feel like we've, accomplish what we came here for right and be and feel proud of, of what we've done here on earth to make it a better place
0: right and i really believe in you know i think it's it's lost um when people have trauma and violence and severe medical issues they're they're so engrossed in the intensity of that experience and they can't see the forest for the trees, so to speak, because there's no no time that has elapsed. They don't understand at that point in time that, yes, there is something very positive that can come out, for example, of homicide down the road that I would never have envisioned that I could have accomplished so much. In 37 years since my dad was murdered in 1981, and I could have never have foreseen that. And people can't until they get that perspective. So yes, there is that positive thing, you know. And I think children and, and you look, can give people are, hope,
2: Don, Donna. You can give people exactly, hope that yes, they and and the same with uh, parents have lost children. They think that they're always going to be in so much pain. Uh, internally and that they'll never smile and be happy again and yet when you're with people who have been through that um, and have come out on the other side and are able to smile and enjoy life again and have joy in their heart again it gives hope to everyone around them who are in those beginning stages of that raw pain so you're giving hope to people donna
0: well, thank you, but I think all of, all of us are here uh, for the things that we do. And technically, in psychology, I believe, in trauma therapy, it's called post-traumatic growth. Thank you, uh, Dwayne Bowers, for introducing me to that concept because I think it's, it's, very, it's very valuable and it, it's a healthy thing. And that's what we do. We graduate to, 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 being, uh, to being able to grow post-traumatically. You know, so I like I, that term. Hmm. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, Google it. There's a lot of good information. I actually have some blogs on it too. Um, I wanted to ask um, either of you: uh, Is there a particular point in time you think where um, uh, people tend to cross over from children's books to start reading adult books, or is there always that fascination? And 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 you go back to it. I mean, you might go back to it because you have grandchildren or somebody else that might value it. But is it like, okay, at maybe age 13, we're not going to read kids' books anymore. We're going to start, you know, there's those teenage theories. And is there that transition formally?
2: Who wants to say that? Probably what um, your friends around you are reading to might rub off on. And, of course, what you're assigned in school to read, probably there's age-appropriate um, levels that you uh-huh. for assignments and novels and things like that, but uh, that's true. So yeah, so but if you're reading, you know, younger books, and everyone else and everyone around you is reading other older type books, you probably want to do it in the privacy of your room, <laughs> <laughs> so you won't be made fun of. But uh, yeah, I just think it's a natural progression, and everyone wants to process. grow older mm-hmm. faster. Anyway, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, you know, with the advent of Kindle and all of those, I mean, I don't know, can either of you uh, comment on the fact that, now, Karen, you said your your book's available in Kindle or, or Nook? or yes. yes, yeah, in Kindle and, and also paperback. But
3: I, I just, I don't know, I, I remember seeing a, a woman on the plane that was reading a book and, I asked her, she was reading on a Kindle, and I said, so how do you feel about reading, you know, on a Kindle compared to having a book? And she said, well, it's convenient, especially for travel. But she said, but I, I so miss the smell of a book or turning the pages of a book. So mm-hmm. I don't think that will ever die as far as people wanting to hold, you know, a book. Um, and right. I think children children need to hold that book and turn the pages themselves and stuff. So even though Kindle is here, um, I don't think it will take over and replace um, paperback books. Um, I think there's still a need for them. Um, and there's also you know there's certain writers that you just love that you collect their books. You yeah, know, that's and, true. You know mm-hmm. you want every single one of them and. So I mean, there's also that that mindset of having, you know, um, you know, you look at the the Hardy Boy series, you know, um, you know, Nancy wanted Drew. to have those. N- Nancy, Nancy Drew. Drew, yeah, you know. So I, I don't, I don't think so. But you know, I did. I wanted to go back and what Christine was saying about, um, you know, we. I do believe that all of us have a purpose in life. And that purpose, I don't believe, is to serve ourselves. You know, I believe that we are here for a purpose, and to find that purpose, um, you know, that's when you really find some kind of peace and joy in your life. And, you know, for me, I mean, um, Kathy was murdered in 1971, but I didn't decide to sit down and write a book until probably 2008, you know, and mm-hmm. she was murdered in 1971. So, you know, the whole process of, of time, you know, some people look at what we do. And they're, you know, I remember a father crying and saying, you know, I can't even get through the day and look what she's done. Well, it's been a long time for me, you know, mm. and I think people have to realize that it takes it takes time to go through right. the grieving process and to find your way. You just don't jump into doing all of
1: this no. stuff you know it
3: took took me a long time, and the thing is it's I think it's a a process as far as um you know I decided to write the first book, and I'm like, if nobody wants to publish it, I don't care. Mm-hmm. you know I'm doing that you needed for, it me. for
0: you. Yeah, I needed yes. it
3: for me. I needed to be able to write all that stuff that people had told me not to talk about since mm-hmm. I was a child. You mm-hmm. know, I needed to put that down on paper. And oh. it was such a release for me to share that and, mm-hmm. you know, and even doing the research for the second book. But it, it's a, you know, it took a long time to, to do that. So I try to emphasize with people, you know, don't look at me and what I've done. You know, it's, 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 your process is different. And look, and I do tell them, look how long it took me to even get Mm -hmm. where I am today. And I think once you start that, I don't know, Christine, if if you feel the same way. And I know Donna, it's like you jump into one thing and you finish that project. And all of a sudden another door is open or even during that project, another door is open. And so for me to, to realize now, you know, I speak to law enforcement and criminal justice students and I give them a very vivid account of, you know, what my family went through, what I went through, you know, the dealing with law enforcement and dealing with the media. And criminal justice students are amazing because they're so fresh and they're excited to get into the world and do their work. And so I love speaking with them and I want to make an impact with them so that they understand that what they say and what they do, um, especially to a child, that child will remember that for the rest of their lives. I still remember things that were said to me when I was 15 years old, the Mm. exact words Mm -hmm. that were said to me. So, you know, um, you know, speaking to them um, it's, it's, it's such a process, and I I never would have thought that I would have taken that step. If you had told me decades ago that this is what I would be doing, I'd say you're out, you're crazy, you're out of your mind. <laughs> I will never do. Absolutely, that. So, so I'm my money.
2: So on this, is, so this is what you were meant to do to help yeah. other people the way that you're doing yeah. it. This and is we, like the whole we thing. We found our
0: mission. Right?
2: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right.
0: Well, you know, yeah. I have been. One Before we go, I just want to, to mention that
2: Alley Blue Media is also my publisher.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes.
2: Ch- Chublet and Fells uh publishing company. And I I had uh another publisher and like traditional New York publisher and then I ended up going with Linda. So all my books are under Alley B- Blue Media. Linda's
3: and Bell they can be found on
2: Asian Amazon.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, they that's can
2: go. So yeah you know, I did want to,
3: I did want to mention too that um yep. you know that in March I will be traveling. I've been asked to come to uh the u k um to go to London. um I've had some um conversations with a professor out there that teaches forensics in a university there and and he's asked me to come and speak to his students in his class That's and wonderful. It, that's, it's just yeah, exciting. um which, you which know, school which school um it's actually an, in in a, a small section of of the town i can't think of the school right now
2: but um okay.
3: you know it's just in
2: london um, in october so it's exciting and, and oh, really? england and oh, scotland so it's exciting to to well, it going over there
0: to, Exchange numbers and, and talk. It sounds like you're, you know, yeah. you're getting on famously, which is great. But it, the last question I wanted to maybe ask you, um, and I know that you're you're very much in touch with um, what's going on these days, and that's what's for your children's books. But is there a particular issue or something happening that you think is missing? That needs to be addressed, maybe in the future, with a children's book. Either some some um, topic that you think, you know, we really need to write a children's book about X, Y, Z.
2: Well, I I don't know. I mean, my book Heaven Talks to Children is is meant just not for parents, but for educators, because yeah. some teachers, if a child comes up and says, "My daddy is in the parking lot. I saw him today." and that the teacher knows that the the dad had passed, (coughs) if they're not aware that children can see and hear spirits, all of a sudden they're under a psych evaluation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's really important to get the word out. In terms of that topic,
0: yeah, but I was just wondering if there's anything in particular that you think would be a good topic for the future that hasn't been addressed.
1: Anything you
2: guys can think of? Nothing Uh, that comes to mind. How about you, Karen? I think
3: for me is, um,
2: you know, I just
3: think people need
2: to learn to be
3: kind. You know, it's in a world that there's so much bullying and it's just like they walk around like um, there's no emotion, you know, and um, it's just, you know, why can you not love each other and be kind? Um, you know, and th- yeah. this whole bullying thing is just horrendous, you know, children I, I, I committing suicide. I think a lot of yes. I think things oh,
2: have changed well, for the worse over the years because we've taken God out of so much. And unless that's, that's you have a relationship too. with God, you don't mm-hmm. have a conscience about these things. And, you know, would this mm-hmm. God, would he be pleased if I did that's, this, you know?
0: That's my personal well, opinion. You know, it sounds like we could have a second a second hour with this conversation, but unfortunately our hour is up, ladies. And I well, want to thank you, thank you, so, you much. so much. And please do keep in touch with me and please do share this podcast. And we're going to um, share this around social media now. So uh, thank you, Delilah, for banning the controls and doing everything else. And have a very
1: good long weekend, everyone. Thank and you so much for, for having me. talk to you me. next time. Thank okay, you. thank you, Karen. Thank so. you, Chris. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.